Sweet. So, um, man, I always get excited um, to, to be up here to talk, um, to really just share God's word. Um, what I'm most excited about uh, is one that we're, what, what tonight, this week, we're coming off of pure excitement. So how many of y'all went to pure excitement? Sweet. Um, and so pure excitement was a super fun event. Um, and what I saw pure excitement was, was a, uh, just the beginning stages of, of God just really doing something in our hearts. Um, and so I'm just really encouraged tonight because I believe that God wants to continue to do something in the hearts of his people, um, that being you. Um, and so, yeah, those song lyrics, um, which you just sang, um, Brandon's prayer, um, I'm praying that that really becomes real life to you, um, especially tonight, especially after pure excitement. Um, so we're going to talk about um, a guy named David. We talked about him last week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Um, David defeating Goliath. And so we talked about how uh, the, this, the good guy, the good side of David. Um, tonight, we're, we're going to talk about the opposite. We're going to talk about the, the bad side of David, um, the side of David that messes up, um, the, the side of David that uh, we all have inside of us. Um, so I'm going to be in Second Samuel 11. Uh, I'm going to make tonight really short. Uh, I'm going to try to at least. I'm going to make it really short uh, because I want to give you all time um, for yourselves. Um, and like I said, I just really believe that God wants to move inside y'all's heart. So uh, verse 2 Samuel 11. Um, so I'm just going to, like I, like I said, I'm going to jump in it. Um, you ever like lied and... Um, felt like what happened was you lied about something really small um, and then to get out of that lie you had to lie about something else and then to get out of that lie you had to lie about something else and then to get out of that one you had to lie but then eventually you forgot what you were really lying about and so you got caught up in your lies and then you got caught uh, that's what happens to David uh, he is trying to, to cover up some, some stuff that he's done he's trying to hide away from some things that he's done and he, he does it so many times to the point where he's like, all right, well, sorry, I really, I can't get out of this one. Um, so verse 11, uh, and I'm just going to read. So just try and follow along. It's going to be a lot of scripture, um, but just try and follow along. Okay. So verse 11, in the spring when kings march out of war, David sent Joab with his officers in all Israel. They destroyed the, arm, the uh, Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and strolled around on the roof of the palace. For the roof he saw was, from the roof he saw a woman bathing, a very beautiful woman. So David sent someone to inquire about her, and he reported this. He reported, this is Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam and wife of Uriah the Hittite. David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to him, he slept with her. Now she had just been purifying herself from her uncleanness. uncleanness. Afterwards, she returned home. The woman conceived and sent word to inform David, I am pregnant. David sent orders to Joab, send me Uriah, or Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent Uriah to David. Um, when Uriah came to him, David asked how Joab and the troops were doing and how the war was going. Then he said to Uriah, go down to, to your house and wash your feet. 
So Uriah left the palace, and a gift from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the palace with all his master's servants. He did not go down to his house. When it was reported to David, Uriah did not, didn't go home. David questioned Uriah, haven't you just come from a journey? Why didn't you go home? Uriah answered David, the ark, Israel, and Judah were dwelling in tents, and my master, Joab, and his soldiers are camping in an open field. How can I enter my house? One moment. How can I enter my house? Where am I at? I know, like, in the book, y'all. Like, in the book, I don't know where I'm at. How can I enter my house to eat and drink and sleep with my wife? As surely as you live and by your life, I will not do this. Stay here today also, David said to Uriah, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem that day and the next. Then David invited Uriah to eat and drink with him, and David got him drunk. He went out in the evening to lie down on his cot with his master servants, but he did not go home. So just starting, um, just right there. So first thing we see, we see David... Uh, he's in war. Uh, he sends his troops out, um, and he stays home. Uh, he's a king. Um, so the first thing we see David uh, slip up as when he was a king, what a king was supposed to do was supposed to lead. Uh, he was supposed to be the one that was leading that army. What does he do? He sends his people out so that he, and he stays home. He says, you know what, you go do my, like, kind of like handle my lightweight type stuff. Uh, so they go, they handle his lightweight. He's at home. He is asleep, um, so then it's when you see that he wakes up, he's, he's walking around uh, on the roof, and he sees this pretty girl named Bathsheba. So a little bit of history about her. She was, like, the hot, like, the, the hot girl. Like, everybody wanted her. Um, you know I mean? She, she was a don. Like, everything that you, you hear nowadays, that was Bathsheba, other than her name, because um, there's nothing hot about that name. Because uh, when you spell it, it's literally Bathsheba. Uh, and so there's nothing hot about her, but she was, she was a good-looking woman, uh, right? And so he sees her, and he's like, oh, like, that's Bathsheba. Like, let me holler at you, girl. Um, and so she, <laughs> hey, see, she got to keep me. Come on. <laughs> um, and so he's like, he's like, all right, come here. And so first thing, um, and to all the fellas out in the room, you can't tell me that you saw that girl. I mean, like, hey, girl, <laughs> let me holler at you for a minute. Because she looked good, right? She had everything that you wanted, everything that you ever thought, like all your desires. Number one, you, you, you lust. So that's what we see David do. We see him fall into just lust of the eyes. Uh, he, he, just, be, just by looking, the next thing that David does is like, oh, go get her for me. Um, and so first thing we see is David... Uh, he, he stays at his, his he, he's chilling in the palace while they, uh, his people are going to fight. Um, the second thing we see is he begins, he, he lusts of the eyes and he, um, he goes after something that he, he wants. He wants it. Like that, that's everything that he wants. He, he sees it and he's like, I want it. I, it needs to be mine. So he goes and gets her and they bring her to her. So it says, David sent messengers to go get her. And when she came to him, he slept with it. So he didn't even like, it wasn't even like a, like he didn't take her on a first date. He didn't do like, he was just like, boom, like, let's go. Lust of the eyes. Um, and it says, now she had just been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Afterwards, she returned home. 
The woman conceived and sent word. I forgot what audience I was talking to. Um, the woman conceived and sent word to inform David, I am pregnant. Uh, so his lust of the eyes made him fall into a, an even darker sin. Uh, and he, he ends up doing something that he should not have done. As a king, something that he, he, he's not a king that he does with somebody else's woman, somebody else's wife, uh, he, he chooses to do that. Um, and so <laughs> number, we're, at, we're already at number three of his mess up. Jump down again. This is where, so th- that lie game that I was talking about. Um, so now he, he understands what he's did. He, he, he's, he's messed up. He, he's done a horrible thing. Uh, he has a, a horrible situation on his hands. And he says, David sent orders to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked how Joab and the troops were doing and how it was going. That, that's messed up. So he says, he says go, get, go get that woman's husband, bring her to me, and then tries to like be, like be friends with him. Like, yo, like, hey, how you doing, dog? How's everything going? How's the troops? Everybody good? Cool. Awesome. Then he says, um, then he said to Uriah, go down to your home and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace, and the gifts from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the palace with all his master servants. He did not go to, down to his house. The point of David sending him back to his house was not for him to just go home. It was for him to go home and do what man and woman do when they're married so that his mess up, David's mess up, could be covered up by her, her actual husband, okay? Um, and so that he, he, he's, he's caught in a situation, and he says, how can I get out of this? How can I hide from this? And he says, okay, I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to bring him to me, and I'm going to send him home, and he, he's going to do what he's, he's, he's allowed to do in a marriage with his wife. That'll cover up. David, or Uriah never goes home. So his lie, his, his, first, his first time of getting out of a situation fails. So then we see, jump down a little bit more. It says, when he responded to David, or, so David asked him, why did you go home? And he says, because my people who are at war are still at war. And I, I would be wrong, that would be wrong of me if I were to go home. This dude has no idea what's going on. Um, and so... David then tries again, says, stay here today also. David said to Uriah, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem in the day and the next. Then David invited Uriah to eat, drink with him, and David got him drunk. He went in the evening to lie down on his cot with his master servants, but he did not go home. So once again, same thing. David's in the same city. He's trying to get him out. He's trying to get out of his own mess. And he says, okay, well, let's, what, what can I do now to get this dude to go home? He gets him drunk. Doesn't work. Um, and so we see f- four things. Um, we see four things. Uh, and, and all of them, I, what I want you to see, the reason why I say that, the reason why I say that things is because I want you to see a, a pattern. But not a pattern of like the same thing. I want you to see the pattern of, it's called, uh, we're going to call it a sin pattern. So David's first sin led him to his second sin, which led him to his third sin, which led him to his fourth sin, right? And so what I want you to see is 
our, our sins, they work together. No sin is, this sin isn't, is attached to that sin, which is attached to that sin. So that first, his first just innocent lust of the eyes led him to do something else, which led him to do something else, which then led him to do to try to cover it up. Um, and so we all have that in us. There's something that we, all, we are all sitting in this room and we're struggling with. There, there's sin. Uh, so if, we're, if anything, this room is filled with a bunch of sinners. Um, and that is okay. What isn't okay is when we try to cover up our sin. Uh, and just like David, he messed up. And David was a man after God's heart. That's literally what we know David as, that he was a man after God's heart. Uh, so David isn't just this, like, this person who is like, whatever, like, God, whatever, I don't care who you are. David is a man after God's heart. And so we see him mess up, not just once, multiple times. And this is after he's done a good thing. He's just after he's defeated Goliath. So David isn't just like, like a, he's not a, a, just from the jump a screw up, but what he did is he screwed up in this situation. Um, so once again, his lie, we see that it says that he did not go home. So the next thing, uh, David continues to try and cover this up. Uh, and he says, um, so now I'm in 14, and it says, the next morning David wrote a letter to Joab and sent him with Uriah. And the letter he wrote, Put your eye at the front of the, the fiercest fighting, then withdraw him, withdraw from him so that he is struck down and dies. When Joab was besieging the city, he put Uriah in the place where he knew the best enemy soldiers were. That would be much easier. Um, then the man of the city came out and attacked Joab, and some of the men from David's soldiers fell in battle. Uriah the Hittite also died. So what he does is he says, okay, well, put him in the front. Send Joab, he sends him a letter and says, okay, send, I'm going to send you this dude. Um, he's going to fight with you, but I want you to put him in the front of the line. And everybody knows, like, where the front is. Like, nobody puts their strongest soldiers, their weakest soldiers in the front. They put their strongest. And so he put him and said, hey, put him in with the, the fiercest fighters, the, the strongest men um, against the other strongest men. And says, okay, let's, let's go to war. And what happens is he, he, was, he knew what he was doing the whole time. He, he was trying to get out of the situation. He was trying to, to get rid of the, his screw-up by covering it up because now what he was going to try to do is get this dude to, to die, not with him killing him, but in a war where uh, the, his, his enemy was going to, to kill him. Um, and that's what happens. That's what he does. He, he, he finally gets what he's wanting and... Uriah dies. Um, and so now he, his lie ha, ha, still hasn't caught up to him. He's actually got away with it. Um, he's got away with the mistake that he did from the beginning by covering it up. He covered it up once and it didn't work. And then he said, all right, I'll try it again and it didn't work. And then he said, all right, we're going to do it one more time. And that didn't work. He said, okay, well, what can I do? Let me put my thinking cap on. How can I get out of this? Oh, let him die. And so that's what he does. He dies. He, 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 the, Uriah dies. This man, the man that David, the, the, the woman that he, he slept with, her, he gets her husband and he, he ends up dying. Um, and so now he gets to play Mr. 
oh, like, that's so, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, he gets to play the person's like, dang, like, in the back of his mind, he knows exactly what's going on, but what he looks like is like, man, like, sorry, You're like, yes. Yeah, like, I got away with it. I, I feel good about myself. Like, yeah, like, nobody knows. Like, nobody will ever find this out. So what he does is he says, Joab sent someone to report to David all the details of the battle. He commanded the messenger, when you finish telling the king all the details of the battle, if the king's anger gets stirred up and they ask you, why did you get so close to the city to fight, didn't you realize that they would shoot from the top of the wall um, at Thebez, who struck Abimelech, son of Jebelubla, uh, didn't a woman drop an upper milestone on him from the top of the wall so that he died? Why didn't you get so close? Why did you get so close to the wall? Then say, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. Then the messenger left. When he arrived, he reported to David that the Joab, all that Joab had sent, and sent him to tell. The messenger reported to David, the men gained an advantage over us and came out against us in the field. But how? But we counterattacked right up into the entrance of the gate. However, the archers shot down on your shoulder, soldiers from the top of the wall, and some of the king's soldiers died. Your servant Uriah the Hittite is also dead. David told the messengers, say this to Joab, don't let this matter upset you because the sword devours all alike and intensifies your, intensify your fighting against the city and demolish it. Encourage him. When Uriah's wife, so once again, he's playing like, he's almost kind of playing like this victim, I won't say a victim, but he's playing like, oh, this is, oh, this is just kind of a coincidence. Like, he just happened to be in the front. Y'all, y'all went to the gate. He gets shot with the arrow, Candace style. Um, and then he's dead. And so he says, when Uriah's wife heard that her husband Uriah had died, she mourned for him. When the time of mourning ended, David had her brought to his house. She became his wife and bore him a son. However, the Lord considered what David had done to be evil. So he, he literally got away. He literally got away with what? He said murder? He killed him. Well, he didn't, but yeah, he got away with murder. Uh, he got away with sleeping with somebody else's wife um, and, and killing a dude. Um, and nobody knows yet. Nobody he, he's, he's like a, a, this king that's just, a, he's king in it. He's doing everything that a king would do. Um, and so he, the wife, after she's done mourning, he says, all right, now bring her to me. Like, I'm going to make her my wife. If that's not messed up, that is so messed up. Um, and so we, we see David's sin continue to just corrupt him um, from the beginning of just looking at something in the wrong way. We see David begin to lie and try to cover it up. And then we see him try to do it. He, he gets another man drunk to cover it up. And then that doesn't work. And so he puts him in a war and says, put him in the front so that he, he, he'll die. And then he gets that and, and the dude dies, Uriah dies. And then, but it didn't even stop there. He, he allows the wife to mourn, and then he says to her, come be my wife. Like, forget about everything that has happened. Like, don't worry about your dead husband. Come be my wife now. Have my son, right? So this is where um, it feels good to get away with something. 
feels good to get away when you, you get, you, you mess up and you cover it up and then you cover it up and then finally it's like, man, like, oh, nobody, like, I'm good. Uh, I don't have to worry about anything. Like, nobody's ever going to find this out. Like, my darkest, my darkest deepest, deepest secret, like, nobody will ever find out. All right? Um, and it, for a while, it, it feels good. I, I've done it before. I've lied. All right? I, I've, I've, done, I've made a mistake, and I've lied and tried to cover up my lie with another one and another one. And then finally, everybody that I was hiding it from, they just kind of forgot about it. And to the point where I forget about it. Um, but I just want to show you something real quick. Uh, because David's sin pattern was a continuous thing, it was sin after sin after sin after sin. That last verse says, however, the Lord considered what David had done to be evil. Um, I'm going to just read just through the next 13 verses, and I'm going to show you that you can never get away from with, with your sin. That you can never cover your sin up enough that it doesn't get exposed. Um, there's nothing, there's not a lie in the world, there's not the, anything that can cover it up enough for you to really get away with it. And this is what we're going to see. So he says, so the Lord sent Nathan to David when he arrived. He said to him, there were two men in the city, there were two men in a certain city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one small ill lamb that he had bought. He raised it and he grew it up, living with him and his children. It shared his meager food and drank from his cup. It slept in the arms, slept in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man could not bring himself to take one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare for him the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for his guests. David, this is now we're at David, and that was Nathan talking before. Uh, David says, David was infuriated with the, man, with the man and said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die because he has done this thing and shown no pity. He must pay four lambs for that lamb. Nathan replied to David, you are that man. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms, and I gave you the house of Israel and Judah, and if that was not enough, I would have given you even more. Why then, even, why then have you despised the command of the Lord by doing what I considered evil? You struck down your eye the Hittite with a sword and took his wife as your own. You murdered him with the, the, Ammonite, the Ammonites' sword. Now, therefore, the sword will never leave your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own wife. Um, this is not a story about a man sleeping with another woman. This is not a story about a man getting away with his lie. This is a story about a man who is sinful, who is, he is so sinful that he's messed up. And he's trying to cover it up. And to the point where he, he begins to almost think that he's gotten away with it. And then when he hears about another, a story of another man doing another man wrong, he says that the man who did him wrong deserves to die. 
And in that, he finds himself that that's, he's that man. He's the man that screwed up. He's the man that has, has tried to cover up every sin that he's ever done. Every sin that we see, he, he's that man. Um, and so he actually never gets away with it. He doesn't get away with what he's done. He actually, he gets caught. Uh, and what we're going to see is, thankfully, he gets caught. Um, so he says, this is what the Lord says. I'm going to bring your disaster on you from your own family. I will take your wives and give them to another before, the, you ever, before your very eyes. And he will, sleep them, he will sleep with them publicly. You acted in secret, but I will do this before all Israel in broad daylight. David responded to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Then Nathan said, replied to David, the Lord has taken away your sin. You will not die. Um, sin leads to death, y'all. Our sin that we try to cover up, our mistakes due to our sin that we are trying to cover up every single day is going to lead us to death. And this is why it I, I was so important for me that we, we, we sang those song lyrics again. And I ask that you really believe that. Um, is because, the, the one, this is a safe place. Um, this is the place that we get to come and we, we don't have to worry about getting away or hiding our sin. It's a place that we could just come and say, you know what, I've done this. I've messed up. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm the David who has just sin after sin after sin. I'm the David who tries to, to cover up my sin. I'm the David who starts in lust with the eyes, whether it's I'm looking at her or it's I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at the computer. I'm that David. I'm the David that goes into school and thinks that he's, he's better than everybody. I'm the David, like I, I could keep, continue to go. I'm the, I'm the David that disrespects his parents. I'm the David that takes my gifts and says they're for me. I'm the David that is so full of sin, and I just keep going. And I just keep, man, let me just keep going. Like, I, this, this doesn't really matter. I, I can cover it up. I can get, get away with it today. Right? Nobody ever saw, like, I, I'm going to come to church tonight, and, and uh, tomorrow will be a new day. And so, tonight, um, just two things. Um, that I see in those last verses that I read. I read. One is God is not going to let us get away with our sin. He never has and he never will. He's not going to get, let you get away with it because he knows what it, it's going to do to you. It's going to kill you. But the second thing that I see, uh, and thank God that I see it, and I hope that you see it, is that even when we mess up, even when we, we've screwed up time after time after time, God gives us a chance and he calls us to repent. So he says, this is what the Lord says, I'm going to bring disaster on you from your own family. And he said, I'll take your wives and give them to another in front of you. Um, they'll sleep with them publicly Everything. And he finally, it clicks to him and says, man, I, I've sinned against the Lord. Like that's, I messed up. 
And as soon as he realizes that, the next thing that Nathan says is that the Lord has taken away your sin, you will not die. Um, can you put that, that scripture up there, Allie? And Brandon, you can make your way up here. I'm almost done. Um, so this, this is 1 John um, 1, 5 uh, through 10. And it says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we, talk, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with another. And the blood of Jesus and his son cleanses us from all our sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is in us, is not in us. Um, and so I'm going to read another verse. Uh, and this is Romans 3, 23. And it says, for all, have sin, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented him as a propitiation through faith in his blood to demonstrate his, high righteousness, his righteousness because of his restraint. God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. Um, so he's removing people from their past into a future with them. Um, So we, like, for y'all that were at Pure Excitement, y'all remember that talk? You probably remember it better than I do. Because my guess is that it hits you hard. It really spoke to you. And this is how I know that it spoke to you. is because I watched from the side the room, the whole entire room, get out their seats, come to the altar, pick up a bag with a clean penny in it with a, with a clean penny. Now, this, this penny has never been touched ever, right? Isn't that what he said? It was a clean penny. And what I saw, and I saw, I saw God moving in your hearts. I saw you realizing what you had done wrong. I saw you realizing the sin that you have in your life, the sin that you do every single day. And I saw you say, man, this is enough. I've sinned against the Lord. And maybe it clicked that sin was, was you, that night, that sin would lead you to death. Or maybe sin, one sin would lead you into a different, or maybe what it was is that it clicked finally that you had been covering up so many sins from your past. And you said, it's enough. I don't want to do that anymore. And you, so what you did is you got up and you came and you knelt down. Some of you knelt down and you prayed. Some of you knelt down and you just picked up the penny. And you went back to your seats. And I'm so thankful that you did that. But let me tell you, that wasn't enough. Because you are sin. It says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. 
That means every single day. Every single day we sin. Every single day we do an evil thing to the Lord. Every single day we deserve death because of our sin. But this says that, man, we can come. That we can be cleaned. We can be like a touched, an untouched penny in a bag. And so tonight, um, we're just going to give you an opportunity that you take an even more step, a further step that you did in prayer excitement, and you just come. You just ask for forgiveness. Um, but before that, what, there, there's, there's a lot of different people in this room. Um, for the most part, I would say, there's people who have said that they believe in Jesus. That you, they, they, say, they, they see the scriptures and say that, Jesus, I know he's died for me. I know that his blood covers my sin. But you're still struggling. You're going back and forth with, man, like, I really do love Jesus. And I really want to do, like, I want to do it the best that I can. Well, I'm gonna, every, I wake up every single day. And it's just tough. And I go to school. And I lust. And I lie. And I cheat. And I cuss. I love Jesus and I do drugs. I love Jesus and I don't read my Bible. All, of, all those things that, that you, you've believed. But it's, the rest of it's hard. Um, and I, what I want you to see is that that's just the, the, the sin in your heart that is trying to pull you away from them. And what I'm trying to do is you, you, you can come and repent for that. But see, then there's some of you in this room. Um, you don't really know Jesus. You think you do. But you don't. And I say that you, you think you do and you don't is because you don't see that his forgiveness is real. You don't see that it's enough. You, you, you see and you look at the things that are going on in your life and the things that you messed up, and you're like, man, how can Jesus ever forgive me? Man, I've, I've messed up so many times. I've done so many things. Like, there's no way that he can forgive me for that. And I'm just going to tell you he can, and he will if you come to him. And then the last thing, there's a lot of you, there's so many in here that you just see it and you just don't care. Your sin has just corrupted you so much that you don't care what you're doing. That you're just going to sin, you're just going to keep going. And what I encourage you to do is, man, just see that it's going to lead you to death. But just like David did, he realized that he had sinned against the Lord. And so Brandon's going to sing some songs. Um, and what I want you to do um, is, is spread out in the room, spread around in the room. Take some time for yourself. Before you talk to anybody else, I want you to talk with the Lord. Be honest with them. Tell them what you, tell them. Tell them mistakes. Tell them things that you've done things that sometimes you wish you could do, the things that you really, you are so afraid of anybody else finding out. Because those little song lyrics said that we are safe in his arms. That he loves us. And so, after that, I'm going to get back up. And then I'm going to give you another time to, to really... Um, 
just step in courage. And I want you to talk to your leader or I want you to talk to one of your friends um, and realize that it's, the same, that it's a safe place. Uh, but tonight, man, like, this clean penny could be you. It, it, it's, a, it's a lot of you, actually. But it, just understanding that we need it every single day of our lives. And then what happens, because I know some of you also picked up one of these. Can anybody explain to me what this was? Why pick up one of these? Anybody? This is what links us to God. You are this has bond this is just the reminder that you've been bonded with the Lord because of the blood of Jesus. Not because you've messed up, not because you're perfect, but because that's just been covered up by Jesus. And it has bonded you. So if you picked up these two things, I would just encourage you to continue to move. Move in that place. Move forward. Don't go backwards. Okay? So I'm going to pray. And then you spread out. Spend some time with you and the Lord. And then after a while, I'll come back up here and then I'm going to ask you to, to take another step and talk to somebody. Ask somebody to pray for you. Okay? Okay?